1: Cynthia Hyatt.
2: Well, good afternoon. Thank you for joining me today. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, and you are listening to Conversations with Cynthia. So I'm praying that you had a good week, but I'm praying absolutely today that you have even a better one. And if last week was not good, we're going to pray that God undoes, redo, redo give you a redo, and maybe just kind of fix some of the things that might have happened last week. Or give you some new insight about it so that this week really becomes something that's transformable and that actually causes you to feel much better about yourself, others in your life, and certainly about our Lord. So I hope you enjoyed last week. We talked about the highly sensitive person, and we are going to talk more about that today. And we're going to contrast it with the overly sensitive person, because sometimes this, these two things get very very confused and very messed up, and we end up thinking that they are the same, and they really are not. Now, that doesn't mean that highly sensitive people might not be overly sensitive, but we're going to really talk about the differences. So, if you didn't get to hear last week, make sure that you go to the website at cynthiahyatt.com and it will be up on the website. You can listen to it from your computer. In its entirety. And we're working on getting all the podcasts organized. So we'll let you know when we get the podcasts organized and actually um, with all the titles and maybe some descriptions. So they're easier for you to find and you are better able to send them to your friends. So, in terms of a highly sensitive person, what we have found is that this really is the way the brain is hardwired and how the brain connects with the emotional realm. And that there are about 15 to 20% of the population are considered highly sensitive. And it also occurs in over 100 different species on the planet, like fruit flies and cats and primates, lions, giraffes, even rhinoceroses. And so we see that there's a tendency for this highly sensitive nature. Now, this can be a gift because highly sensitive people are extremely empathetic, they're creative, they're compassionate, they're highly self-aware. And if the highly sensitive person doesn't learn how to work with that sensitivity, it can be quite consuming, exhausting, overwhelming, maybe embarrassing, and frustrating for themselves and, and maybe for the people around them. Because being highly sensitive isn't too common, many times they feel pretty alone and misunderstood, and they might feel like there's something wrong with them. So if you're a highly sensitive person, and you're recognizing that that may fit you, you may feel extremely misunderstood, or you may even have gone through different times in your life where you tried to toughen up, like, I'm just not going to let it bother me. I'm just not going to be that sensitive, only to find There's abject failure in that because you can't change the way that you're made. And so sometimes this high sensitivity gets mislabeled as shyness or anxiety, histrionic people, overly emotional people, um, people that, you know, need things just so are a little bit uh, maybe OCD. They might even look that way sometimes. Many times they are, are probably most likely introverts. Most of the HSPs are introverts, but we do have highly sensitive people that are extroverts as well. And so the key to understanding and discovering the highly sensitive person is understanding how those things affect them, how it affects you. What are the struggles that you have? And so we talked about 23, 25 different ways to identify whether or not you're a highly sensitive person. And if this is resonating with you, I want to encourage you to read the book by Dr. Elaine Aaron, and that's spelled A-R-O-N. She and her husband are both psychologists, and they are the ones that truly discovered this, and they are both highly sensitive people. So we talked about how the highly sensitive person often what you might see, they startle easy. They need lots of time alone. They need to regroup. They need to, to really have time to download and figure out what their day was about and what happened. Because many highly sensitive people feel like the world is assaultive. And they just want to go hide in a hole, hide in a cave. They just don't want so much stimulation. And highly sensitive people, they really struggle with violent things. They can't watch violent movies. Like I I said last week, there's not a chance you can make me watch the Humane Society commercial. I I cannot see all those pictures of those poor animals, those poor creatures. And so the highly sensitive person is really going to be sensitive, overwhelmed, and even panicked at really violent things. One of the reasons for this is that they cannot get those images out of their head. I can tell you right now, I probably saw the first picture of the Humane Society commercial, and I still can remember the first dog, and I turned the channel. I can still picture that poor little dog. And what happens to the person with a highly sensitive brain is they catalog that picture, and then that picture keeps resurfacing. No matter how many times they try not to think about it, it will show up. And a lot of that is the brain trying to figure out what to do with it, where to put it. And so it can't just dismiss it like maybe a person that is not highly sensitive. And the other trouble with this is when that image surfaces, they get all the same feelings all over again, which is quite exhausting. So one of the things that really help highly sensitive people when they see violent things is to really say, God, I trust you, and I trust you with your world. And if I saw it, you saw it. You are taking care of it. You love your creation far more than I could ever imagine. And I can let that be rested, rooted, and grounded in God. That he can handle all of that. So the other contrast to that is their reaction to violence is similar to their reaction to beauty. And music, anything poignant, touching, they tear up very easily. They're moved very easily. They're your friend that always is going to care. That even if you might have done the wrong thing, they still care about how you feel. They still don't want you hurt. They're called bleeding hearts all many, many times. And so highly sensitive people sometimes get a really bad rap, as if they're weak, when actually they're incredibly strong because they feel so deeply, where 80% of the population, they feel it, and then they move on. So you want to understand that this is not something people make up, and it's certainly, for many highly sensitive people, not something that they always enjoy or like so the other thing that occurs is sensorially they are bombarded by their senses so sights smells sounds touch all these things are kind of like in 3d so they experience the world very differently which is one of the reasons they like to take a lot of time alone because they can't take it all in when it's happening and so if you were a kid When you were a kid, you might have been considered the picky child, struggling with your clothing, didn't like certain food, didn't like the textures of the food, right? Wanted to sleep in a certain place, had to have certain sheets. And this is all about just the way the body responds and the way the brain takes it in. It's nothing that we can necessarily change. We just simply want to learn to manage it. So pressure for a highly sensitive person, really difficult. They really, you'll start to see them really scramble, kind of get a little antsy, a little, they start deflecting, they start to kind of, you know, hem-haw around because deadlines for a highly sensitive person, really difficult. They don't like to mess up. They don't like to let people down. And so it helps with highly sensitive people if you kind of give them the ish, grayish, Hey, you know, could, do you think you could have this to me by Monday? You know, I don't know, before 4 o'clock. But you don't come in and say to them, Monday at 12, I need this by 4. Because you're going to get a really upset person and they're going to, in, instead of being able to get in gear and make it happen, they're going to get to what we call maybe flatlined, too horizontal. They think about too many things all at one time and they can't start the project. So you want to help them ease into things. Now, if you're a highly sensitive person and you don't necessarily want employers or, or, or any of the, of the people that you work with to necessarily know, you have to come up with ways that you manage these things you know are more difficult for you than maybe they are for the general public. So I have all kinds of tricks that make it possible for me to manage in this world and not necessarily come across like this. Many times they're called prima donnas. Everything has to be just right for you. And so I have lots of ways that I help myself with that. So you want to come up with some of those solutions. And I I was, I had a big event down in San Carlos, Mexico last year. And I was staying in the home of one of the women that was putting this whole event on and one of my girlfriends came with me and so that meant that I was in a home with two highly extroverted women that wanted to do everything together all the time and for an introverted highly sensitive person that's gonna take some effort for me well one of the things that I do frequently is I I take a lot of bathroom breaks I don't necessarily have to go to the restroom but it gives me a moment to regroup a little bit to take a breath kind of reorient myself and so when I was explaining this to one of my girlfriends she goes oh is that why you go to the bathroom a lot <laughs> And I said, yes and so you want to come up with these things that work for you and they don't have to make sense to anyone else they just have to work for you so we're coming up to a break and we're going to talk a little bit more extensively about the highly sensitive person and then we're going to talk also about The difference between highly sensitive and overly sensitive. And then I'm going to talk about how sensitive Jesus was, and he was probably a highly sensitive person. So join me in the next segment. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Look forward to talking to you on the other side. Welcome back to Conversations with Cynthia. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, your host, and thank you for joining me. Now, if you are just tuning in, you can always go to my website at CynthiaHyatt.com, and you can listen to the shows in their entirety, right off your computer. And we are working on getting all of the podcasts organized and titled, We have lots and lots of shows, so it's taking us a little bit of time. But for right now, you always can listen on the computer. And so we are talking about this idea of the highly sensitive person. And this is fairly new in terms of what we would call maybe a diagnosis. Now, it's not a psychiatric diagnosis. It would be considered more when we are diagnosing within a personality. It's a type. It's a temperament. It's a, and so the highly sensitive person, there's about 15 to 20% of them in the population. And we talked a lot in the last hour about just some characteristics. And so what I want you to think about when it comes to the highly sensitive person, as you, and in the last part of this hour we're going to talk about Jesus and how very sensitive Christ is, and that you'll find that one of the qualities that highly sensitive people share with Jesus is that everything has to have meaning. They search for meaning in everything. They're trying to make sense of really hard, hurtful, painful, tragic things that occur. What's the point of all this? They love to ponder. They love to sit and think. They love to stare out the window They love to just search for those theories and those meanings. And they have a strong desire to live with purpose. That it's always, why are we doing this? What's the point of this? And it means they process things a lot more deeply than others might think. They feel things. Things matter to them. So this is why you will find that they also notice things that other people miss. They pick up on subtleties like that's a weird look in their eye or they haven't worn that before and they kind of changed or, or their voice sounds different. Is everything okay? So they feel more porous. That, that means they, they're like a sponge. They take everything in and they may cry easily. And when it comes to romantic relationships, they don't do casual dating. They don't do one-night stands or flings. And if they do, man, they swear them off. They don't ever want to do it again. It's too painful. And so they they struggle with being attached and becoming deeply attached to people. And so they have a hard time with endings. And they want the ending to always be good. They're looking for that deeper meaning. And times of transition are difficult. This is why with highly sensitive people, if you have highly sensitive kids, you want to warn them. Like the week before school ends, you want to say, now remember, this is the last week of school. We only have five more days. And you want to remind, if you have a spouse that's highly sensitive, hey, remember that thing is coming up because they don't do well with spontaneity. They don't do well when it feels like a whiplash to them. Like right now, we have to go right now. I have to get ready right now. They're coming over right now." And it's very difficult. So you want to think about they also may have physical things that are more common to HSPs, like uh, hypoglycemia, these types of things. They may struggle with sleeping. They may have more nightmares. These types of things because of the overstimulation. So when you think about the highly sensitive person versus what we would call an overly sensitive person, Consider this. How about the friend or someone that you feel like you have to, quote unquote, walk on eggshells when you spoke to them? Everything's just complicated. Everything gets more complicated. Now, many times I want you to understand, so that you have compassion, that overly sensitive people oftentimes have a history of abuse. And so they are a little more defensive. And they may have also been raised in a family with overly sensitive people. Maybe they were raised in a family that had highly sensitive people. Nobody validated it. They felt shame about it. They became overly sensitive. Everything is suspect. Everything is. they want to be skeptical of. And everything that might come out of their mouth may sound like criticism or judgment. And those overly sensitive people are really working hard on emotional pain they are in versus the highly sensitive person is dealing with overstimulation, overwhelm. The overly sensitive person does not have great se- a great sense of self-worth, feels really kind of yucky sometimes about their, themselves, so they're wanting to defend. They're wanting to, f- to defend and to blame. And so when we look at the fact that obviously being sensitive is a very good thing, it allows us to be sensitive to the hurts and needs of others, whether we are highly sensitive or just have, most humans have sensitivity. So it's the sensitive side of our spirits that allows us to show and feel compassion. Now, sensitive people with discernment are needed in a very hurting world today. Because everything has a good side and everything has a bad side. The bad side of being this overly sensitive is that it causes us to take things very personally that really aren't personal. Or we make things personal. And we end up coming across like everything is about us. When we're really trying to make everything not about us. We're trying to get the attention off us. And what happens is the oversensitivity brings more attention, and it ends up being negative attention. So I want you to think about this oversensitivity, because what we find with oversensitivity is that in the psychological world, we talk about ego states, and people having a strong ego versus a fragile ego. When you have a fragile ego, you're going to be much more sensitive and have a tendency toward oversensitivity because a fragile ego feels like there's always something wrong with them and they don't want anyone to know it. And they think they missed something. They have a hard time admitting mistakes. They think they have to maybe be perfect. They have a hard time being flexible. Everything seems to be serious. It's kind of like when I say to clients, listen, unethical, illegal, dangerous, immoral. These are the things that are big deals. All the rest of the stuff is just us being human. And sometimes we handle things well, sometimes we miss things. Sometimes I don't hear exactly what you said. So just because I didn't hear exactly what you said doesn't mean I didn't want to hear you or that what you said wasn't important. But the highly the, the person that is sensitive, that is overly sensitive, will really respond negatively to me saying, I'm sorry, I think I missed that. Could you repeat it? They may assume that I was not paying attention to them because they weren't important and I was more interested in whatever it was I was doing. And they may feel like a second-class citizen oftentimes. They feel highly misunderstood as well. So we're going to do the next half hour with talking about overly sensitive people and Jesus and his level of sensitivity. So join me on the other side and make sure you check out the website at CynthiaHyatt.com. Well, welcome back to Conversations with Cynthia. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, and thank you so much for spending this hour with me, with all of us that are listening. And I appreciate that you want to be more educated, that you want to be a better version of yourself, and that you really want to be who God has called you to be. And so that's why we are talking about this amazing new thing within the last probably five, 10, 15 years of understanding that there's about 15 to 20% of the population that are highly sensitive people. And that's really how God made them. And we talked all last week about the benefits, really understanding highly sensitive people. And we talked a little bit as well in the first hour about that, and then contrasting it with the overly sensitive person. Now, some highly sensitive people are also overly sensitive. But what we find with overly sensitive people is that it's a fragility or it's a a lack of maybe self-worth or confidence versus a stimulation issue, that I'm overly stimulated. And that's what the highly sensitive person feels. So I want you to think about this idea of being overly sensitive has to do with what we would call ego states. And many times we say, wow, that person has a big ego or that person has, you know, a a really inflated ego. And really what we want to think about with ego is God wants us to have a strong ego, a really strong ego. Because a person with a strong ego can tolerate lots of things. They can tolerate being misunderstood. They can tolerate people being impolite. They can tolerate people just being human they still have a sense of worth and self. And they're not always looking to the external world to validate their internal world. So they can really handle hurt, disappointment, even mistreatment. And people with very strong egos are also better able to leave relationships that are unhealthy. They're better able to take a stand for themselves, they're better able to confront things that need to be confronted. So when we think of overly sensitive people, what we're really looking at is someone that somewhere in their life has probably been mistreated at a young age, either ignored, bullied, unpopular, not wanted, abused emotionally, physically, sexually, spiritually, whatever it might be, that they didn't feel understood, they didn't feel seen. And so a lot of the oversensitivity is trying to protect that fragile ego that hurts so badly when someone doesn't like me, someone doesn't notice me, someone doesn't acknowledge all the work I'm doing, someone misunderstands me. And so it causes that overly sensitive person to either withdraw or to get aggressive. It causes the overly sensitive person to feel like they have to explain, that they have to really present their case. And in doing it, it isn't just so that you understand me better. It's so that you feel as bad as I feel. And so there's this tendency with oversensitivity and being overly sensitive to want to make people pay. because. The overly sensitive person is so tired of feeling so bad. So we don't want to give the overly sensitive person a bad rap. All of us have tendencies toward oversensitivity. And in our lives, we may have been overly sensitive at different times. Depending on how confident we're feeling, how well our life is going, how strong we are feeling, we're not tired, we're not hungry, angry, any of these things, we may handle things much better. But the overly sensitive person is always feeling kind of in a one-down position, that everybody passes them over, passes them by, mistreats them. They get the raw end of the deal. Nobody understands them. Nobody appreciates them. So they have that kind of dialogue going on in their mind. And they and then they end up looking for those things. So even if you are being nice to the overly sensitive person, they might be skeptical of why you're doing it. They have, they have difficulty with trust. They've been hurt a lot, repeatedly. And then, unfortunately, the oversensitivity increases the probability that they will be hurt more, misunderstood more. They will be unappreciated more often because of the energy that they bring to whatever interaction they have. So we all have tendencies or moments when we're overly sensitive, where we go, you know what? I shouldn't have gotten that big about that. It's really not that big of a deal. I don't know why it hit me that way. But we're talking about the overly sensitive person that has a chronic state of mind when it comes to this. So join me in the next segment. We're going to talk more about that, what to do about it. And we're going to talk about the sensitivity of Jesus. So join me on the other side. Make sure you check out the website. At cynthiahyatt.com. I hear the whispers in my door. Well, welcome back to Conversations with Cynthia. I'm Cynthia Hyatt. Thank you so much for being with us and being just here to listen to this show. So, I want to make sure if you're just tuning in that you know you can listen to this show in its entirety. On my website at CynthiaHyatt.com. On the homepage, just go to the top. There's a listen button. It'll take you right to all of the radio shows. And so we are talking about this issue of sensitivity. Being either a highly sensitive person or being overly sensitive. Sometimes they people are both. Maybe a highly sensitive person is also overly sensitive. But we looked at this idea of overly sensitive people that are overly sensitive, and that it really is in many ways a tolerance issue. It's a self-worth issue. It's, it's one of those, how flexible am I? How much am I going to major in the majors and not in the minors? And it's really being able to assume the best about the other person and recognizing that, hey, maybe they acted that way toward me because their day, they're having a rotten day. Maybe someone's really beaten up on them a lot today. Why don't I just give them the benefit of the doubt? Not take their behavior personally, but to just pray for them. And this is all part of boundaries. Boundaries have a great deal to do with this issue of sensitivity. The better my boundaries are, I can actually, in a healthy way, be more sensitive towards you. If I don't have good boundaries then everything feels assaultive. So even if I'm not what we would call a highly sensitive person, by nature that that's the way God created me, I'm going to feel highly sensitive if I'm not practicing good boundaries. So we need to be able to manage criticism. We need to be able to tolerate and manage that not everybody's going to like us. Not everybody's going to want to be with us. Not everybody's going to get our thoughts or our jokes. And this has to, This is imperative for adults. This is how I actually protect my ego. Instead of trying to get people to act in a certain way so that I feel good about me, I need to work on that internal job of making sure that my internal world is working so that when I find myself being more overly sensitive, I can say, hey, what's, what's up with me? Did I get my feelings hurt somewhere and I didn't manage it? Do I have some childhood issues that I haven't taken care of? High school, college, do I have trauma? Do I have a previous relationship? It is causing me to look at the world in a different way versus positively looking at the world. I'm looking at it always from an upside-down position. Everything is negative. Everybody's out to get me. Nobody is trustworthy. Am I beating up on myself? Am I my own worst enemy so that when I go out into the world or interact with people, I'm already so beaten up that if they don't handle me with kit gloves, I'm going to be devastated. So we have to remember that when we realize who we are in God and we let him manage our self-worth and we let him tell us the truth about us, It helps us to manage that not everybody else gets it. But that doesn't mean that God has not created me to be a very valuable, worthwhile person, whether everybody gets it or not. And only really true adults can do that. We can't ask children to do that. They can't necessarily hold that for any length of time. But an adult can and needs to. And so it's not that God is going to, quote unquote, toughen us up. Because the harder we get, the more brittle we are, and the worse things hurt. So what God wants us to have is more flexibility. But he wants us to be more realistic about ourselves and others. And he wants us to understand that in the adult world, there is no fairness. We strive for justice, but there is no fairness. It's far too complicated to try to make things fair. And the bad things are going to happen to us down here. And it is going to be painful. And so we need to ask ourselves, who am I in Christ? Who am I really? Do I really believe why Jesus died for me? Do I really believe it? Do I take it seriously that he wants to be with me forever? Who would want to be with someone forever? I'm amazed that God wants to be with me forever. That's how valuable I am to him. So if I take that with me and that's my source first and foremost, then what I get from other people around me is a bonus instead of trying to do it the other way around, trying to get all those good feelings from people outside of me, hoping that they bolster up my ego and so that I'm really truly at their mercy because I'm either going to feel good about myself today because people treated me well or I'm going to hate myself today because I wasn't treated well. So we want to really pray that God helps us with this compulsivity sometimes of being overly sensitive and having overly sensitive thoughts. And we want him to renew our mind. And we want to thank him for helping us be free of worry about what others think and thinking that somehow they are the ones that determine our self-worth. And that we focus more on what they need, not necessarily always what I need. But maybe if they're difficult, maybe if they're mean, maybe if they're insensitive, maybe if they're dismissive, maybe they're hurting worse than I am. And then I step back and I take a breath and I say, you know what? Do I really need to take all this so personally and so seriously? Is it? unethical, illegal, immoral, or dangerous? Or is it just irritating, annoying, frustrating, painful, hurtful? See, there's a big difference between hurt and harm. We are going to be hurt. And we need to be, as adults, able to handle hurt. That humans are going to let us down. Humans are not always going to show up as a grown-up. They're not always going to be who they're supposed to be. And we need to be able to handle that and not personalize that, and have it attack our ego, who we are, the core of our being, that we recognize the only one that should have access to our worth and value, our ego, our identity, is God. Because he's the only one that truly knows us. He's the only one that knows why he made us. He knows why he made you. And if you go horizontally, And try and get all your good feelings from the world around you. It's like gambling. (laughs) You might win one day and lose the next six days of the week. So you don't want to gamble on humans like that. They are a risk and they are worth risking. But you don't want to give all your emotional currency, all your feelings of self-worth to another human and hope they give it back to you tenfold or at least don't steal it from you. We want to be taking that from God, and we want to recognize that he can heal that ego that's been so beat up, that's been so pushed around, looked looked over, looked at derisively. He can help that ego that's been talked about and criticized and abused, neglected, has not been seen for who we are and for who God really knows us to be. He can help us with that. He can, he can heal those wounds. And he can bolster that out. So that we go out into the world recognizing that everybody out there is hurt. Everyone out there is struggling. Everyone on this planet is insecure. Is worried. Is anxious. Is not getting their needs met doesn't know how to do everything right, hopes that nobody recognizes their weaknesses, hopes that nobody sees behind the curtain to who they really are. That's what we as humans all share. We all want to be loved. We all want to be seen. We all want to be wanted. We all want to be important. That is just how humans are made. And that's what God gives his children, that we are extremely important to him. We are of great worth and value to Him. So it's kind of like, if you think of it as an analogy, if your kids were going to school every day and only trying to get their feelings of worth and value from little kids, from their teachers, from strangers, that would be worrisome. Because you as the parent want to be the source for them so that they get sent out into the world and when they don't get their needs met at school, when they aren't picked for the team, when, when one of the children makes fun of them, that they know in their head, I just get to go home because at home I'm loved, at home I'm wanted. So when we don't get that growing up, what happens for us is that we struggle with that. And we, that, help, that causes even more insecurity for us. So I want you to think about Jesus and the amount of sensitivity he has. Because we see that th- there was a, a great theologian that did a contrast between Socrates and Jesus and how differently they died. And it looks like Jesus died with great weakness. Socrates died without shedding a tear. He went to his death with calmness and poise. He accepted the judgment of the court. He talked about alternatives to his death. He had all kinds of conversations. He was proud to go to his death. In contrast, Jesus was almost hysterical with terror and fear. Cries and tears to him. That they, people were saying to him, why don't you save you from death? He looked repeatedly to his friends for comfort, prayed for an escape, found nothing. Finally, he established some control over himself and moved into death in silence. And so when you think about Socrates and Jesus, they suffered very different deaths. The one so much more terrible, Jesus was so much more terrible than his. The pain and agony of the cross Versus the release of hemlock that Socrates had. See, Jesus really experienced the pain. His incapacity to protect himself against pain, his vulnerability, the exterior humiliation. And that's what Jesus did. There was no glamour in the death of Jesus. But that's what he wants us to do. He wants to arrange our lives, our relationships in such a way that we are affected by others, not as Socrates, who was completely unaffected. We don't want to be cool like Socrates. We want to be humble and moved to tears like Jesus. To love is to care. But as soon as we do that, we open ourselves up to weakness, sensitivity, and sometimes humiliation. Because to be sensitive is to know it's better to be sad than bitter. It's better to be hurting than hard. It's better to shed tears than be indifferent. And it's better to taste death than never risk living. And I love that. This was written by Mark Buckley. He's an American Jesuit. And he did this study about Jesus. And he goes on to say to us that it's better to feel rejection than never to be loved, to groan in bitter anguish than to be prematurely resolved of all tension. It's better sometimes to look the fool, the needy one, the simpleton, than to always be successful and hide behind that and hide what the truth is about you. So think about the sensitivity of Jesus. He was willing to risk it all, even people hating him. He was willing to risk it all to love them. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Thank you so much for joining me. I am praying for you this week that you understand these differences of sensitivity and that you embrace it and you embrace it in a healthy, whole manner. Have a great week. We'll talk to you next week.
1: To hear today's program again or to share it with someone else, please go online, CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T dot com. Conversations with Cynthia is heard daily at 3 p.m. and 12 noon every Sunday on Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ. Follow Cynthia on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn at Cynthia Hyatt. Until next time, remember, be your own best version.